Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast on webtalkradio.net. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, I'm excited to have back one of my favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel. Erhard and I had a, a conversation a few months ago on an episode titled, Raise Your Level of Perception to Free Your Mind. And I know many of you listened to that episode, loved our conversation. I loved it. I think Erhard loved it too. And um, so I wanted to bring him back on the show this week to because there was so much I wanted to talk about that we just couldn't fit in that one hour show. I had a lot of questions. I had after the um, after a conversation, my mind was still racing. And even today, a couple months later, I'm still I'm still thinking about things. So um, before we get started, Erhard, I want to welcome you back to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I've been looking forward to talking to you again. So I'm going to link to our previous episode in the show notes. So I'm not going to go into the, you know, a lot of that stuff that we talked about because the listeners can go back and listen, but I'm going to briefly just for those new who didn't listen, I'm going to just briefly um, give Earhart's background and then we're going to get into today's topic. And we're going to be talking today about our reality, the basis of our reality. So Earhart is, a, is recognized as one of the foremost meditation and self-realization teachers in the world. He has traveled the globe researching ways people in different cultures seek fulfillment. He's taught amongst the Himalayan sages, and he founded the Nataraja Yoga Ashram in San Diego. His most recent book is called A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, an ancient story for the modern world. So, Erhard, I want to talk about, like I said, about reality. And something that we talked about on the last episode was um, I brought up about my reality, the, creating my reality. And your response to that, was, we, we talked a lot about this, but your response to that was that reality is what is. And even on that conversation, I stopped for a minute and I was thinking about that, about that statement. So I want to get into that today and, and understand a little bit more from you about our reality. Do we create our reality or how, how do we exist in our reality? <laughs> Maybe is a better question. Okay. Um you're asking probably the biggest fundamental question you can ask. So my question to you is, everybody, are you ready to focus and listen and experience what we're talking about? Because otherwise, it's just a waste of a lot of words, right. which I'm not interested in, and probably you aren't either. Right. So reality, that's the big subject, and I'm very apologetic that I used that word last time, <laughs> but it had to be used, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so reality. We live in the world, or we could also say the cosmos, right? Is that, right. Is that word okay? The cosmos, yes. including the interstellar spaces and the galaxies and with which, you know, like with the Hubble Space Telescope, we're getting so, so much more of an experience of how vast this realm is. Right. And in fact, we're getting more of, a, of an idea of how infinity is filled up. You know, it's just absolutely amazing. It's just a wonderful space travel to sit silently for a few hours and just contemplate, try to experience 
the infinite extension of space that we live in. The realm that's our realm mm -hmm. that we live in, and that is called the cosmos, many other words too. Okay, so in that realm, infinite number of things are constantly going on. Be well, I'll go into that another time. Constantly going on. And we are here to, with these amazing instruments of perception that we as in the human form have, like our mind. I mean, it's amazing what it can take in and what it can correlate and right. then come to conclusions with and decisions with and so on. Our feelings, our emotions, our senses, our intellect, intuition, amazing. They allow us to perceive and experience on every level that this whole cosmos expresses on with its power to be, right? Because the cosmos is filled with expressions. Everything in the cosmos is an expression of its own power, the power of being, right? That's right. fundamental energy that everything is, right? And so all that is, is being. Let that come through. Everything that is, is being. That's, it's so obvious you, you stop. And what does he mean by that? It's so obvious. It means that everything that is, is being. We right. are being. A plant is being. A galaxy is being. Everything that is, is being. Mm -hmm. And being is, is what expresses itself in the cosmos through all of these events. Does that make sense? It does, yes. We are an expression of being. Right? Right. Okay. We're not only expression, we're actually being. So are we are we the expression and the being? Well, aren't we? Yes, we're but it would seem like we would being? also we would it seems like it's a, a redundant statement to say the No, it's not. Okay. It's not. So let this come through. We're the expression of being. But we are also being. We're not just an expression. We're being. So um, it's an so we're being as an action, but then we are the as an ent entity. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're being as an entity. In fact, since being is the fundamental thing about us, would you agree with that? Yes, and maybe being. we should define what we mean by being. It's the uh, the power by which we are, the ability okay. to be. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's the power by which we are, the ability to be. Okay. Now that's, I can say to you, that's the reality regarding us and the reality regarding everything. Okay, now about reality. Mm -hmm. So I said last, last time reality is what is and that wasn't enough for you, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but here, here we go. Uh, reality, all right. So in this whole cosmos of being that I started out with, right. the cosmos of events coming and going and our having these fine faculties to be able to perceive, but we also need in that perception 
to make a, a judgment of what we're perceiving is what is actually presented there, or is it our own fantasies, our own ideas? Do you understand? I, I might perceive a cow on the pasture. You might perceive it as a horse. We can have different perceptions. Mm-hmm. That's not confusing, is it? No, but I think what is has me pausing is I can understand having different perceptions about events, like something happened this way and I look at it in a certain light and you look at it in a different light, but an actual mm-hmm. physical item, um, that's where I'm kind of, how could we perceive a physical item differently? What we do all the time. Can you the fact that I can, I can perceive a horse and you can perceive a cow is very common, isn't it? Happens all the time. Now, to- <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know why that's difficult. Uh, but okay, a little more subtle things. Um, you might perceive a person as attractive and somebody else may not. Okay, yes. Different perceptions, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Now, neither one necessarily speaks about the, the, you can't say the reality is this and this because mm-hmm. it's up to the viewer, right? Right. And their opinion. So right. you could say it's, he is uh, attractive to him or to her, but not to this one, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay? Yes, that makes sense. But now there are things much great, much greater things um, that we are constantly faced with in life where we have to perceive whether this is so or not. So if one of us sees a cow and the other one sees a horse, one of us is correct and the other one isn't, right? Well, yes, but then that goes on. Then it asks even bigger questions about what is truth and No, 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 no. You see, now you're doing the typical thing that people do. You're not staying on track. Right. And thus, you're not going to get it. Right. You're going off into something else, which is a distraction. And that's the common problem. That's why often they don't perceive what's what's happening or what's going on or what we're talking about. So what we were talking about is that when two of us perceive a cow and a horse in the same entity, one of us is not uh, seeing the truth, right? Right. So we could say the reality of such of the situation is that the perception is that this is a horse. The false perception is that this is a cow. Does that make sense? Yes. You don't seem clear. I'm writing the notes down. I'm writing as we're talking. So perception versus false perception essentially yeah. right May I suggest forget the notes just <laughs> experience you'll get much further with that mm-hmm. because it's even if you intend to watch another time this same recording right now it's it's most alive right yes okay uh, but but you know I don't mean to tell you what to do so. <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh but that's that's very mundane and me kind of small example but the situation is 
that what it is is a horse. Right? So you could say the reality is that it's a horse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, there are some things, okay, how do we tell what is reality? There are some things, not don't use this example because it's too superficial, but in general, reality is the permanent thing. Okay. Well, it's not a momentary event. Okay. Okay. Um, because when we look at the identity of something, especially the identity of you, if I say to you, who are you? What is your identity? And you say, well, I'm, I'm a kind of a blonde and I'm a woman and I have a, I'm a woman with a house. Can your hair color be changed? Yes. So is that your identity? Is no. your identity dependent upon hair color? No. But that's how we identify ourselves, don't we? Right. Okay, you say I'm a woman, but your gender can be changed nowadays, right? Some people so believe that. Well, no, you see it all the time. People have their identity, their, their gender change from male to female or vice versa, right? So your gender is not your identity. Your profession, right now, you are an, you know, an interviewer and so on, uh, maybe a journalist and what have you, but you could change that and become an astronaut or a farmer or whatever, right? Right. So your profession is not your identity. The right. v- fact that you're rich or poor is not your identity. Right. The fact that you're happy or depressed or not is also not your identity. Right. Those are all temporary states in which you exactly. exist at a period of time. Yes. So they are phenomena. Phenomena are things or appearances mm-hmm. that, that, that come and go. Right. Those are not reality. They are momentary events. Okay. You see? So reality is that which always is and never will cease to be irrespective of what we like and don't like or even say about it. reality still is now why is this important because in this whole world of change we have to constantly adopt in order to survive and in order to evolve isn't that right yes Mm -hmm. so if change were if there were only change there would be no standard, no foundation to judge the changes upon. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the whole world cannot just be color and light. It has to have darkness as a foundation or vice versa to go as a contrast. Right. And almost all of definition, like for us to define things, we need light and dark. We need to have you know, definition, chart changes of, of shapes and surfaces and so on, right? But with, all the time, there has to be a constant, mm-hmm. right? The constant upon which all of the changes, the back, that which is the background upon which all the changes are played, that is reality. The constant 
upon which all of the, the changes are played and for us to be perceived, there has to be a constant, which is reality. Okay, that's come, becoming clearer for me. So that's why I say reality is what is. Though that's very short, but it means there, there aren't any um, modifications to that. There are no complications about that. Reality is what is, not what we perceive necessarily. We may perceive reality. That's one thing. And when we don't perceive reality, it's another thing. And so if, so for our own perception of things, of an event, of a person, whatever it might be, do our perceptions then shape our reality? No, there's no sure. Reality is, it's independent of us. There is no, we don't own reality. Right. We'd be in hell if we owned reality and pushed it around and made political issues out of it, which is what we're doing. Look at this, this mess we're in as a country because it's been stated there is no reality. There are no facts. They're only what we want to say. So there's, there's no more ability to say, but this is true. There is no truth anymore, according to that perception. Do you see? Yes. Yes. So, so maybe, excuse me just a moment, maybe truth is an easier word because they're interchangeable for me. Reality and truth are interchangeable for you? Yeah. The words? Yeah. Okay. Because mm -hmm. maybe, that, maybe that's where I was getting hung up because, and that makes more sense to you, maybe to me, to use that word truth in there because when I think of, I think about my own thoughts that I might have in a given day, right? Where sometimes I'm thinking, um, potentially thinking negative thoughts. Other times I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I feel really good and I'm thinking very positive thoughts. In the days that I have those negative thoughts and I'm, or the times and I'm not, um, you know, everything is in my mind, everything feels doom and gloom. Everything feels heavy or it feels impossible. I can't possibly get this done. Those days, I feel like I look, I, I experience the world in a completely different state than on the days that I'm more positive. May I ask you? So you experience the thoughts of depression or anger or confusion or so. At other times, you don't, right? Yes. So yes. that time when you don't, do you, can you look back and say, that wasn't true? Yes, I can. You yes. see what I mean? Because yes. our thoughts, they are temporary. Yes. They come and go. And they change. That yes. which is completely okay. But it does it means that the thoughts are not necessarily in the perception of reality. They are just they're often influenced by our feelings and emotions. And we know yes. what can happen with those, don't we? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. What you just said, our thoughts are not in the perception of reality. And not necessarily. Sometimes right. they can be, but yes, we, yes. you have yes, to differentiate. Right. Yeah. And those when we're in and maybe when we have negative thoughts, and I, I even said this to myself and even on the show many times that we're not our thoughts, and just because we think thoughts doesn't mean the thought is true. And true. Absolutely right. Yes. And so when we I think using that word truth instead of reality 
um, that makes sense to me. And I can understand what I can understand that. And I can, I can see that, like you were just saying about having negative thought, you know, whatever the thought is positive or negative, but when it, especially when it's negative, that is a temporary state that I'm not always in. And I know those thoughts are, are not true when I'm able to step away from it and revisit it. But now, so that equation of truth and reality, it's a good one to have because sometimes the word reality seems more fitting than truth. Yes. Now, because of that, calling it truth is not the end of the problem yet because people will say, do you mean my truth or your truth? They're <laughs> different, you know? Right. Right? Right, yes. Yes. I mean neither. We don't own truth. Right. Truth is truth. Right. Truth is what it is. Our interpretation can change. And our interpretation is often directed by our feelings and emotions. Right. And our subconscious, which is a vast pool of energies of ones and not ones and instincts and past impressions and so on and so on that exert themselves over our thinking and feeling and often dictate our behaviors, our choices, right? Mm -hmm. And they may not be very good sometimes. I mean, instinctually, uh, you know, the guy might, any woman he looks at is, should I mount her or not? Right? I mean, that's, that's fairly common. Uh, which is not necessarily the best way of thinking right. or the best way of being in truth or in reality. Right. It's, it's, so that is an instinctual reflex to something that is deposited way within, which was not a conscious choice. Do you see? Yes. And what you just said about being in reality, what goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, that yeah. we are we are being and we are also expressions of being. And mm -hmm. maybe the better, I don't want to use the word better, another way to think about this and look at this is how we want to be. How do we want to be in this, right? How, like you were just saying, is, is that the right way to be? You know, that, that thought, probably not. But in, in, in that, we get the choice of how we want to be. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. yes. And it's our, it's our um, choice and our destiny, how yeah. we choose. Yeah. Because yeah, we can choose actions that are in accord with reality or the truth of us or in opposition to the truth of us. Right? You're Yes. And your book touches on this at, at the beginning, your book, A Dialogue with Death, The uh -huh. Teacher of Life. Uh -huh. Reading one page of that was an, I mean, you, you told me, take it slow, really experience, really be there, really be in it. And I did. I, and I, I'm not through the book yet. Um, I am experiencing it, but I find it's such a, I can feel in our conversation, the relief in my body from understanding these questions that I've had that I almost don't think that I knew that I had. 
but when we talk and in reading in the beginning of your book, the words I know ring true and experiencing that. And, and I understand now what you mean by experiencing, right. And, and you said this at the yeah. beginning of the show, this is, um, and you said this at the beginning of the last show, taking the time to actually experience it, not doing a hundred other things and getting a little piece, a little piece there, right. Being mm-hmm. in it and experiencing it and in, in doing so for the listeners. And, and even again, for myself, as we're having this conversation, that is such a different way to be in the world and to show up and to experience and feel and it, it go ahead. I know you've got a thought. <laughs> okay. You're making a, a most important point that I wanted to get to. You, when you said just now, we have different ways of experiencing, and also we have different ways of expressing ourselves according to our perceptions and decisions, right? Right. So you could say in general, here, I'll ask you, if you are... Um, in the experience, in, in the expression of, no, in the perception of something that you decide uh, is absent or just like air, where in fact it is a stone wall, right? Mm-hmm. And if your perception is that it is just air and you run in that direction, into it, what is your experience? What is the consequence? That you would hit the wall. Uh, and then what? Injury, possibly death, <laughs> depending on. So you would suffer. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. right. right. Whereas if you are running and you see the stone wall and you veer away from it because you had a true perception, you do not suffer. You can enjoy the running. Right. 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 That is just a very superficial example of our relationship to reality. If we are living in opposition of reality, of what is, what happens? Suffering. We suffer. We suffer. Right. If we are living in accord with what is and what we are, so we're, we're in agreement with ourselves. Then, of course, we flourish. We right. We're happy. We're not losing energy. We're gaining energy by being one with the whole energy of what is. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. Yes. So it's not just a philosophical thing. Oh, you know, these people, they, they can afford to think about what is real and is unreal because they don't have the hard labor of me being a farmer or something. No. Every action that is chosen to be in accord with who we are and with what is, is an action that will bring success and flourishing and happiness and joy, even while we're doing it. Right. Every action that is in opposition to us will have the opposite result, suffering, dysfunction, frustration, anger. Why me? Yeah. Why is it always happening to me? And so right. on, because you're making it happen. Right. Do you see? I do see. I do see now. Yes. And so the, the perception of reality or the perception of truth is fundamental. Why do we treat it as if it were some kind of a hobby or some intellectual thing? 
Now it's the nitty gritty basic practicality to live in accord with who you are and with what is. Now, do you remember earlier I said who you are with is, who you are is the fundamental reality of you? Yes. That you are being is the, sounds so mundane. And it is because it's obviously that you're being, being is you don't have a being organ inside of you or an object. There's a little electronic device that's your being device. No, being is the energy, the power by which you are. This is not philosophical talk. This is not religious talk. This is nitty gritty. It's unavoidable to come to that conclusion when you remove everything else. Right. I'm not blonde. I'm not man. I'm not poor. I'm not this or that. I'm being. Right. Yes. So now the thing about being is, are you ready for the next step? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I know the listeners are too. <laughs> Everything that is, is being, right? Right. That means being, that power to be, is the interconnecting link to all of us. Yes, okay. I and everybody else are the same power of being. Yes. The way we as expressions of being do it is entirely different, which is for the whole entertainment of the all of it. <laughs> we're we're the, the actors on the stage of being. Right. And once the curtain is drawn, the drama and comedy takes place. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. I just thought it that. really is because it, you know we get so serious about our lives too, you know, and and I know a lot of it is serious, but it it this conversation is hopefully, I mean, for me it is, and I hope for the listeners, shedding just a. I call these conversations expansive conversations because it's just completely opening up my mind to thinking about things in ways I had never thought before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's good. How, uh, and not just that it's different, but it also gives you a different perception by which to guide yes. your actions, your decisions, even your thinking and feeling. Yes. Right? yes because exactly. now look, I'm going to ask you to, to experience something and go along and we're going to play, play a couple of examples. Okay. For, for a moment, allow yourself or cause yourself to think and feel of yourself as an isolated object, adrift in the infinite cosmos with all these powerful forces that you have absolutely no connection or control of, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Weightless, expansive, free. No, no. You're in a cosmos where you are isolated, where you're not connected. You don't feel weightless and free. You feel scared. Yeah. That's the main feeling you will have. And fear is an underlying feeling in the lives of the majority of people. Yes, for sure. I mean, I've lived much of my life in fear and anxiety and all of that, the suffering. Right, fear, anxiety, suffering, and then that 
when that's not attended to or relieved, then there comes eventually giving up with depression. And then that yields to anger and then outbursts of anger and more and more suffering and more and more dysfunction. Right. Eventually, the being, the person wears out, can't stand it anymore. Right. It's too much to bear. We say that. That's why we suffer. That's our main cause of suffering. I say that in the world of wars and everything else. The not living in accord with our who we are and what is, is our main cause of suffering. Right. And I can go into much more detail on that some other time. And but I think so, that's something everybody can, everybody knows. Everybody knows that feeling, right? Of our own, I call it, you know, our own yeah. like terrorizing our minds. Yeah. But I don't think people related to the fact that they're not living true to themselves. Right. They think life is doing it to them. Circumstances, yes. people, yes. they are nasty. They are doing this to me. Why me? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. The victim why mentality, you? right? Because why you? Because it's your choice. You make the choices of your life, not circumstances and conditions. Look at, uh, there have been books written by people in concentration camps who came out illumined. Right. Out of the most horrible circumstances I could think of. Well, I could think of worse, but I don't want to. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so we have a choice to live in accord with the being that we are or in discord or in opposition. But yeah. the thing is, most people have no idea about that. They, most people don't have an idea of who they are. Right, right. Ooh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you something. Ask the next six people you talk to, uh, who are you? Do you know what kind of responses you get? What, what do you think? You're going to, you would get answers like I'm a mother or I'm a sister. I'm a wife. I'm a profession, right. whatever the profession is. Right. All of which, you know, now are not the identity. They're right. passing conditions or circumstances. But before that, you might even, when you ask, who are you? People ask your friends, are you okay? Slum? Are you okay? Why do you come up with questions like that? Right. That's a weird question. Of course, I'm a woman. Of course, I'm an architect. Of course, I'm a mother. You know that. Why do you ask? Right. People have, no, have very little perception of who they really are. So then their choices are not based upon what is. They're based upon some illusion, some belief system that is not true. Right. Thus, they will. They will. As a result, the suffer. suffer. Yeah, yeah, the suffering, right? The suffering continues, oh, right? And then we wonder why we're suffering, right? right. The, the perpetual loop. to me? <laughs> right. Yes. Who but me is doing this to me? Right. And that's that way. Yeah. Yes. That uh, I, I know that very well, and that's that's again that's why I do the show. That's why I wanted to have these conversations. That's why I wanted to have you back so that we can talk about this. We're not talking just about some some fancy intellectual exercise or philosophical question or religious question regarding who we are. We're talking about, again, I said this before, this is the ultimate practicality that is not ultimately, which is immediately necessary to live a meaningful and successful life. Right, right. But now with 
millions or billions of people not knowing who they are, is it a wonder that our humanity is in the state it's in? Right. Ready to destroy itself? Ready to create immense suffering right now throughout the world. Right, perpetuate the suffering, right? The cycle, this is how the cycle is broken, right? This this conversation that we're having, what we're talking about when people Ah, understand this. If people would only respond to that. Right. Because look, I'm still naive. I've taught for over 50 years. And I always think once people hear this, of course they're going to react to that. Of course they, they decide, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to live a stupid and meaningless life. I don't want to create a life of, of chaos and dysfunction. I am going to now get with it, with what is, with what I am. And so, but people don't. Right. Because they right away put it back into their distractions or their superficial material that their brain spends a split second with. Instead of saying, wow, right now what I'm hearing, what I'm experiencing, I know this is so. Right. There must be some people who, hearing this conversation, have come to that conclusion. I know this is so, what he's talking about. Right. Because I'm not making this up. This is. I'm just drawing from what is. Right. You know, I I don't even have that in my intellect. It's in my wholeness, my allness. You know, that's why when you sent me those questions, I don't even read them before. And because as I said to you, I want to be spontaneous, have that stuff come through me at the moment, you know, because that worked for me, that works best, not everybody. So anyway, so I think I was saying nobody purposely wants to live a stupid false life, right? Right. But we have the instruments what, I, what we are talking about today is very understandable, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Just the fact that we haven't grown up understanding that doesn't mean it's not understandable. And it's not so. It is so. Right. And because it's about you, the listener can tell, yes, this is so. I can experience this is true. Not just for some people, for all people, this right. is true. That right. we are being. Now, now I said later... Okay, so one of the characteristics of being is interconnectedness because all of us, everything that is, is being, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? So that's the interconnecting link between all of us. So if I live to enhance my life, but at the disregard of your life, I'm functioning counter to the being that I am. It's still treating me as a little ego. A little ego is the false perception of ourselves as a separate and isolated object. Yes. Adrift in the world and so on. Right? Yes. Yes. That's false. And I had an experience with that over the holidays where I realized that I even did a show about it where I realized that I separate myself, tell the story of separation get mad and upset that I'm separate, but I'm the one doing the separation to myself. <laughs> I came to that realization and it was, honestly, it was a re- relief to finally understand that. But then it was also, I saw how I did it in so many other areas of my life, this feeling of separateness. Yes. Look, may I use that as an example? 
Yes. So this is an example of someone who is working at her life and her perception and has taken responsibility. Yes. That is, I define responsibility as the ability to respond. Respond. Yes. Mm-hmm. Responsibility. You respond to what you have perceived to be true and also what you have perceived as that particular behavior or action. Mm-hmm. And with your responsibility, you've decided, no, I'm not going to do these behaviors that right. are false or yes. contrary to what is or what I am. And thus, you change your life and you become more successful, more at ease, more at peace. You immediately felt a sense of opening up and peace. Totally. Yes. Expansive. Good. I felt good, you know, yeah. in, in a space that I had felt so bad previously. So good is also congruent with yourself. Right. In harmony with yourself. Right. Yes. 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 And and we all know that difference, right? That range of not feeling so, good to feeling good. So we have feedback that also helps to direct us in our choices. Yes. When you could when you say this felt good, nobody told you that. You felt that immediately. Right. So that is your clue. If I behave in in ways that are true to who I am, like in interconnectedness, I feel good. I feel free. I feel at peace. Unencumbered. I'm not bothered. I'm not fearful. Yes. You see, because I'm, I'm with what is. Yes. See, that's pleasurable and yes. freedom. That is where freedom comes from. Yes. You'll no longer be bothered by things that hurt you <laughs> or to no longer bother yourself with things that hurt you. Yes, that's right. right? Exactly. And recognizing that, and like you're saying, taking the, the, the action, having the awareness, being willing to look at those parts of yourself that aren't always easy. Um, it's, but it's worth it. Doing the, the kinds of things that we're yes. talking about here is worth doing if you're ready to remove yourself from the suffering some people aren't the next thing this affects the live the way you be (laughs) right that recognition then has you peace be more in harmony with yourself and through that with others and so on other people by the energy that you are in, mm-hmm. the behavior, right. the thinking, the feet—they're forms of energy, right? Right. This energy is energy confined to your epidermis, to your skin. No, I, it's it, free, yeah. right? Yeah. It radiates, right? Yes. So you share that energy with the people around you, like your family or your co-workers, right. but also your listeners, right. but also the whole, the whole world of humanity. Right. Right. You affecting in a positive way. Whereas if you behave in ways that have you feel suffering, pain, sorrow, anger, and so on, then that's what you impart to the rest and right. share with the rest of the world, right. which right. is not nice. And the cycle continues, as we said. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, so in 
in this world, I mean, we have so many wonderful things to be appreciative of, to be thankful for, to, to enjoy. And yet when you walk out on the street, I think we talked about that last time. Right. You see people, their faces are crunched up with anxiety and fear and anger and a shield of self-protectiveness, which is more isolation and so on. Right. A lot of people are not happy because they're making a life that makes them unhappy. Right. And right. they're on it. So then you might, well, okay. Out of all of the people who are listening, let's say a thousand people, let's say are listening. How many do you expect them to respond and say, wow, yes, this is true. This is fundamental and this is really important. I'm now going to see to it that I become really an expert at living that. Yeah. How many people would you expect? Well, my hope would be all of them, but I would guess that the percentage is probably somewhat low, even if the intentions were good. Yeah. Well, my answer is I would expect all of them, but maybe one, because there's always an odd one in the crowd, but at least 999 out of 1,000. But that is not a true perception. <laughs> that, yeah. That's just a hope, you yeah. know? Right. So why is that? Why is it that people, I mean, you're listening to this right now. What would it say? This is true. This is what I I choose absolutely to live. And now I'm find the information, the guidance, the knowledge, so that I make sure I accomplish that as completely and as soon as possible so that I can rest, live the rest of my life that way and go on maybe beyond death with that perception inside of me. Right. And why? I... I would guess it goes back to what you said earlier about the distractions and as humans, how we, how we handle those or don't handle them. Right. As humans, we have the ability to free ourselves from the dictatorship of, of distraction, but that doesn't mean that we exercise that ability. So in other words, that we choose to give this to ourselves. Why, why don't we choose? Well, and when we talked about this last time about value, valuing yourself enough to pay attention to yourself, right? Which plays right uh-huh. into this. To value yourself sufficiently to give yourself this wonderful, luminous, free, peaceful, tranquil, powerfully successful life. You got to value yourself. You got to find yourself worthy of that. Right. You know, when I when I grew up, I told you last time, I grew up in bombardments and starvation right. and among dead bodies and so on. So when I was about six years old, uh, I had already met death and all that and come to the conclusion that I'm going to have to take care of my life because those people with the planes overhead trying to kill me, they weren't that, I knew there was something not smart or something not right about that, right? Mm-hmm. So... I had a certain perception of adults as a small boy that made me say, I have to be responsible for my life. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to give myself the best. I'm here. I'm starving. I have nothing. 
except, you know, fleeing uh, death and destruction. But that's what I'm going to give myself the best. I'm not going to uh, settle for momentary cheap thrills. Yeah. Because that's disappointment. Yeah. That's not good enough for me. You know, we were talking about the, the, uh, the book, uh, Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, where in this dialogue with a very intelligent, well-developed young teenage boy uh, who comes to death and then uh, and death is, becomes indebted to him because he was, he was not at home. Mm-hmm. So the boy yeah. had to wait for him right. for three days and nights. And so the death, death says to him, I give you three boons, three wishes, whatever you wish. And I said last time, that's almost like the genie in the bottle right. kind of yeah. situation, right? And the young boy is so smart, he is going to ask for the very highest. And that's why that saga from the Upanishad was so attractive to me. Because that's what I did. I want to have the very highest. Right. And then then death has a dialogue with this young man because he has to see to it that the young man is ready for the answers to the questions that the young man comes up with. He needs to be ready for the answers. Right. So death really challenges him and tests him and tries to dissuade him into the from the very highest, just to test him. And the young man never falls for it because he's going to go for the final solution, the absolute, the fundamental. And he arrives at what we're talking about now. The thing is, we don't have to, I'm not death and I'm not as scary or threatening as death. And I'm saying those words because that's what crisis is often what we respond to. So without crisis, you can still respond to the truth here to liberate yourself from the attachment to falsity and its consequent suffering. Right. Do you notice the word attachment? See? Yes. Uh, Folks, ask yourself, am I attached to suffering? Of course I am not. (laughs) Go deeper, go deeper. You might be surprised. (laughs) If you're still suffering, it's because you did it. Right, right. It's such a, again, another big topic. And I know we're coming up on time here. So, um, and we're going to be doing this monthly. So we're going to get more with Earhart. And I'm, my mind is already churning about how we'll continue this conversation. But um, before we wrap up, Earhart, is there any thought, last minute thought you'd like to leave with the listeners for the week based on our conversation today? Well, there was one thing I started in on and did not complete much, which is being an expert. This is the highest thing that, and the most fundamental, basic thing you want to be an expert at. Yeah. That's more important than being an expert doctor or an expert uh, architect or expert mother, all of which are fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. Right. But the most important thing is to be an expert at living you to your fulfillment, to the fulfillment of your reason for being in this life. Yes. And most people don't think about a reason for being in this life. But how can you be successful if you don't live in accord with your life's reason? Right. Right. And, and then, so, I mean, pose the opposite. 
if there is a reason to your life, I think most people agree to that. Right. If there weren't, what would it be like? What would you be like in your life if there was no reason for being in it? You'd be, what do I care? Why do right. I get up in the morning? Right? Why even talk about anything? Why do anything? Right. Because there's no reason for me to be in this life. We, we, we work under the, the perception or the general agreement that there's a reason. Yes. But our, the reason of our life needs to be lived. And most people have no idea about that. So you, what do you do about something that you don't know about? Well, you get an expert to guide you to become an expert. Do right. you see? Right. Put in and, the time for yourself. Right. So how do you find an expert? Well, I'd say one defining factor is if the person speaks to what we say to your heart or to your, where some, if you're hearing something that your heart, well, inside of you say, yes, I experienced that. I know that to be true. Yes. Then you have a connection. Then yes. you found a teacher. Do you see? That's what you deserve. If you wanted to become a, a brain surgeon, even if you have great, great, sincere desire to b- become a brain surgeon, you wouldn't just pick up a sharp instrument and perform brain surgery, right? Right. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> I mean, the majority of people would go to a brain to an institution where they have brain surgeon experts who, who teach you step by step how to do it. That's what this requires. This, right. And the, it's the most wonderful, liberating thing you can do to yourself. And why say, I don't have time for that? Your whole time of this life is to live true to yourself. Yes. Yes. And what you said about being the expert in, in all those other areas, which are still fine, but becoming the expert in ourself goes out into all the other areas of our life, right? In, in those things. That Absolutely we- true. That's a, a very, that's an excellent point. Yeah, completely true. It affects everything. And okay, you could say, well, look, I know there are some industrial giants who've never even asked the question, who am I, and have no perception, no idea. Well, that's in spite of all of that ignorance that they're living with and the misdirected energy. Imagine what they could have done if they did it in accord with the the reality of their being. Right. More effectively, they could have been working in all humanity, you know. And and yet we have examples of people who just go out and, you know, look at Doctors Without Borders. You know how these doctors take their expertise and so on, bring it to heal people. Mm -hmm. Look at that, you know, the billionaires who are setting up foundations and they're spending more time on administering their foundation than their, their industry yeah. because of that interconnectedness, you know? Yeah. yeah. Erhard, I want to thank you again for joining us this week. This has just been another amazing conversation. I just love talking with you. <laughs> All the best to you. you. May, may you follow your, your, may you follow your path to your fulfillment. Thank you, Erhard. You're worthy of it. Thank you. Thank you for that. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. 
I'm Sloan Fremont, and I'll help you join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more. Oh,